let's address a few things today. First of all, if you are visiting with us, uh, if you are new to our church this morning, uh, you have not lost your mind, all right? You have not... I uh, just want to kind of caution you ahead of time right there. If you are new with us, uh, this is not, so you didn't miss the memo. This is a surprise for everybody else as well. But we thought we would turn this Sunday into something a little bit different. Uh, it's a little bit at the movie's preview. That is true of it because we've noticed that people like to see what it is before they invite anybody else to see it. And so that is coming in November. It's a little bit of that, but it's a little bit too of sharing the heart of our church and sharing honestly who we are as a church, honestly what we believe God has called us to Uh, We've given you a few of those opportunities already this morning, but I'm going to talk a little bit more about them throughout the service today, uh, and you'll get a little bit more to see it today. If you're not new with us, if you're here, just rest assured November is still coming, all right? So this is not in place of at the movies. Uh, This is just a chance to see. It's still one of our favorite months of the year. It's going to be an incredible opportunity. We'll still do the foyer up crazy. It's going to be awesome together. But honestly, today is more about our church and our heart. Because if you're new with us, this is honestly, I wanted to do this in a surprise kind of way because it's good that we invite others. It's good that we have that. But this is a sermon and a service for our church because this is a honestly what I would call uh, an in message that we're going to talk a little bit about it. And so check this out today. You know, you know when, when we think about fostering, what it means to us is, is others. If we had to think of one word that is fostering, it's others. And you know, there's nothing more important in this life than others and, and, you know, being what Jesus has called us to be. Jesus's life was about others. That was his whole mission. After Christian's dad passed away, I think was a huge um, motivator for us to say, we want our life to matter and we want our kids to see that, that we're doing something for the Lord, not just work, you know, our words, but that our life actually that we live it out. Yeah, and I, I think that's a lot of what it means to us is it's missions here at home, missions in our city. And so um, it means to us, you know, being the light, you know, um, offering what we have to others. And um, it's it's just what our, you know, kids are getting to see out of the whole situation that we put others first. But you know their parents are coming back and you know that they will go back, but you still get to love on them and invest in them. And that's kind of how it is with fostering. The mindset has to be, I'm doing this for a time, for a safe place for them, but my ultimate goal is that they go back to a healthy place. Yeah, for reunification with the family. Um, And so with that mindset, we know that we're gonna watch these kids, we're gonna protect them, we're gonna love them, we're gonna teach them the best we can. But we're also going to minister to their family and try everything we can do to get them back to their family and just restore that family unit. So many of these families kind of get get the bad rap when they're just like, they're normal people who are just, they've had crises or they're struggling with addiction. You know, they're not these horrible parents. They're just, they're struggling and they need to have a safe place for their kid to go while they can get get themselves together. Um, so it is more than just ministering to the kids. It's ministering to the families, to the siblings. It, this is our opportunity to step up as a church. It's our opportunity to be a light to the world. And, you know, what, what's cool about it and what we didn't realize before we got into fostering was it's not just the kids you take in. It's their families. It's their social workers. It's the judge. It's everybody that's involved in the whole process gets to see 
what you know Jesus kind of yeah, love the is. hands and feet the hands and feet this is our opportunity uh, to be the hands and feet you know the moots and our, our team worked so hard on that video to kick off this Sunday October has always been a focus on outreach for us it's always been a chance to get outside of these walls to show the love of Christ in our community and in the places that need it the most uh, and so we're so excited about this month. And Christian Ashley will be in the foyer after service at the table. Love to answer any of your questions about the program. Uh, just an opportunity, incredible opportunity for us to outreach. But I think sometimes we hear uh, this stat that there are hundreds of kids in our area in foster care. Or we hear that there's a need close by to us. Or, or we hear a stat that blows us away in the moment. But I think oftentimes it doesn't register with us. I think a lot of times it doesn't quite, uh, it doesn't quite click. And so sometimes we just need a little push to remind us that we were made for more. Hey, boy. Hey. Hey, buddy. Hey. You miss me? Oh, that's my boy. You miss me, huh? I missed you, too. Yeah. You're such a good boy, Al. I got the tile samples you wanted for the kitchen. Oh, you okay? Hey, what's the matter? Nothing. I was just thinking about what you said about adopting a five-year-old. I said that? Yeah. I was totally, I was joking. I know. It's kind of crazy, but it just got me thinking. And there's so many kids in foster care, and they're moving from place to place, and they don't have anybody. And it's like the saddest thing I've ever seen. And I found this adoption agency, and they're having an orientation next week. Oh, no, 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 don't show me that. I don't want to see those little faces. Trying to break my heart? I just got home from work. Ellie, people who take in foster kids are really special. These are the kind of people who volunteer when it's not even a holiday. We don't even volunteer on a holiday. Well, what if there was, like, a disaster? What, like a dirty bomb? Whatever. And, like, there's a little kid who ends up on our doorstep. Are we going to turn her away because we're not special enough? Well, that would depend. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into it. I mean, our food rations, the blast radius. Al, you can't take some offhanded remark I made and turn it into a crazy life decision. It was a joke. Yeah. I know. I just... You're right. You shouldn't be pushed into something that you don't want to do. It was just a nice thought. Good night. I don't want to make any more jokes like that. All right? Hey, you want to watch a little fixer-upper? Okay, love you. Love you.
It's based on hundreds and hundreds of stories of people who have stepped out of their comfort zone, people who have reached out in a way that they never would have thought, never would have dreamed they could to love someone else in a radical, unself-centered way. It's an incredible, incredible story. And as we walk through it today, I hope you see that, that they're reaching out to love somebody who's never been loved like that before. Never been treated like that before. And so we're going to have a little bit of fun this morning. We're going to have a great time with the At The Movies preview, all of that. But I hope you start to look within yourself and I hope you hear the message this morning. That God has created us to do more. God has created us with an action step. God has created us with things that we are going to accomplish in this world and community around us. We are called to love others. And so while we have the fun and you can, you can grab more popcorn, pop your drink open. I was going to give you guys an opportunity for that. Come on, you can go ahead right now and just pop it open. But while we have this opportunity to have fun as a church, I hope you hear the message today. And while this movie is all about fostering and adopting, I hope you'll hear the message maybe in a broader context or not. Because who knows, maybe God is prompting you to take a step out, to love a child who's never been loved before. Maybe fostering something in your heart. He may be prompting you to something. But we're going to talk today a little bit about what that looks like as a church. What does that mean to step out of our comfort zone? God may prompt you in a different way. To love, to mentor, to teach, to reach out, to give to someone in need. Whatever it is, I hope that you're open to that. Because we're going to talk about what it means to do something that matters. What it means to make a difference. What things happen to those who decide they want to do something. Who decide they want to make a difference to those around them. The first thing that happens as believers, first thing that will happen, you'll be prompted by the Spirit. First thing that happens in those that want to reach out, those who want to make a difference in the life of another. As a follower of Christ, you'll feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit in your life. To reach out and to make a difference. The Apostle Paul did this when he was very happy and content doing ministry where he was. Until God stirred him that it was time to move on. Everyone, our guest speaker of the day, Brenda Fernandez and her parents. Let's make them feel welcome. Thank you. Hi. So when I was eight years old, my mom and her boyfriend decided it would be a good idea to build a meth lab in our garage. They made me deliver drugs for them. They abused me physically and some of their customers abused me sexually. When I was 11, our garage exploded, and I was put in the system. Bounced around from placement to placement. Pretty soon I was 14. Nobody wants a teenager, so I'd be aging out in a few years. Thing is, over half the kids who age out of foster care end up homeless, addicted, incarcerated, or dead within two years. That was going to be me, trying to start my adult life, but with no family to help me pick college, Nobody to come home to on the holidays or cry to when my first boyfriend dumped me for Missy Howard. But then those two very special people came along and I didn't make it easy on them. But no matter how hard I pushed them away, they were always there with a sack lunch and a ride. Thanks, guys. The couple in this story, they, they decide to do something. They decide more than once. Come on, somebody. So they, honestly, the couple in this story, Pete and Ellie, they decide to do something about the burden. 
They, they've been having the idea. They've been a little bit of prompting, whatever it is. They decide to step out and do something. And so they go to an adoption fair where they meet this rebellious teenager named Lizzie. And now Lizzie comes with more baggage than they could possibly imagine or expect. There's more involved here and they just can't get her out of their mind though. And so they meet her in this scene. They can't get her out of their mind. And so they decide they're going to act on the prompting that they have. So we as Christians, if I could encourage you one thing, let God speak to you. There are promptings that come from the Holy Spirit. And in the Bible, you see it all throughout scripture that God moves his people to do what he's asked them to do on this earth. That calls them. You read in the scripture where Paul says, I'm compelled to go to Jerusalem, compelled by the spirit. I'm compelled. I don't know anything else about it, but I just know that I'm supposed to do it. You see, Simeon, in the early part of the Gospels, he's compelled to seek Jesus out in the temple courts. You see, Nehemiah in the Old Testament, when he hears about the ruin of the walls of Jerusalem, his heart breaks for the people of God. There are times where God will compel, where God will give promptings, where the Holy Spirit will move you. I'm just telling you, look for it. You'll be prompted by the Holy Spirit. You'll have that chance. You'll see those things. And listen to me. You will be compelled in your life, but it is always easier to be complacent than compelled. It will always be easier to sit in complacency than to act on the prompting or the compulsion of the Holy Spirit. But you look for it. And as followers of Christ, we follow up. As followers of Christ, we look for it. But then we don't just sit there and say, that was great. We act on it. So number one, you'll be prompted by the Spirit. Second thing you want to do once that happens, it's very simple, is then you step out in faith. Everyone, our guest speaker of the day, Brenda Fernandez and her parents. Let's make them feel welcome. Thank you. Look, Lizzie's mom is a product of the system, and she never learned to properly care for herself, much less three kids. Three? Oh. Three kids? What? Yeah, three. Yeah. Uh, Lizzie, At once? Yeah, Lizzie comes with two younger siblings, Juan and Lita. Wait, Juan. wait, so we would have... Three children. Oh, two maybe, but there's no way we can do three. I mean, that was, wow. we wanted That's to meet them. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Why would you show us that? Th- they're so cute. That's wrong. Listen, we're not going to sugarcoat it, okay? Lita is a, a wild, rowdy kid, and Juan can be fragile and a little emotional, and Lizzie is strong-willed, and she won't trust easily. Can you blame her? Well, but listen, we wouldn't recommend this match if we didn't believe that with some structure and love, these these kids could blossom. Mm-hmm. Hey, honey. Here we are. Come in, look around. This is Meatball. <gasps> a Christmas tree? Does that mean Santa comes here? Yeah, every year. Yay! Let's go! Can I put my bears in there? Sure. Of course. Wow, you sure have a lot of teddy bears. These are just court bears. They get one every time you go to family court. Can you help me? Yeah. Oh, whoa. Look whoa. At this, hey, Lizzie, do you want me to show you your room? Okay, she's here. Yeah. Sorry, you have to carry all your stuff in these awful bags. If we knew. No, 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 no. It's 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 cool. Like, fun fact. That's actually how you can spot a foster kid. The the kid carrying her whole life in a hefty bag. (laughs) It's a foster joke. Well, make yourself at home. Yeah, this is your place. You can do whatever you want with it. Do you want to put posters on the wall? You want to paint it? Yeah. Yeah, Come on. This is what we do. Build it. Oh, we can knock that out in twenty minutes. We just run down to the hardware store, pick any color you like. Yes. Come on. What do you say? Any color. 
Just pick a color. What color do you like? Any color you want. Anything you want. Just pick a color. We're doing it. You'd look great in green. He wants to do something. You look in the Bible, Joseph as a child has a vision of doing something great, of leadership and making a difference. And yet he's sold into slavery. He's betrayed by his family. He's in prison wrongly. He's forgotten. You'll face setbacks. And then we have Paul again in Acts chapter 20 who says, I'm being compelled by the Spirit. So I'm going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there. Paul says, I'm being compelled. I don't even know what the outcome will be. But here's what I do know about the outcome, and that is in every city, every single one, you would expect revival. Every single one, you expect the Holy Spirit says great things. And he said, no, in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me, watch the setbacks, prison and hardships are facing me. If you're setting out to make a difference, don't be discouraged if the road gets more difficult. If you get out of your comfort zone to reach into the life of somebody else, don't get discouraged if honestly things get more chaotic. Things get more difficult to come through. You get out of your comfort every time you will experience setbacks, opposition. But if it's something worth doing, don't let it discourage you. Don't let it set you back. Honestly, don't get discouraged if you don't feel as excited as you did at the first point. Why? Because it's something that matters. The Holy Spirit will prompt you. And honestly, I think this is a lesson we as Christians need to learn and that is resistance does not always mean that you're not in God's plan. Oftentimes, spiritual resistance means that you are taking ground. Spiritual opposition means that you are setting out in the right direction. And so when we learn to hear the prompting of the Holy Spirit, when it is what God has called us to do, we step out in faith, but we have certain setbacks. Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, he said, I've been trying to get to you, but Satan has been opposing me too many times. So often spiritual opposition or resistance might confirm that you are right in the middle of where God wants you to be. We want to thank the Lord. We want to thank the Lord for our first Christmas together. And we want to give thanks for this lovely meal and also this um, bounty of super fun cardboard boxes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Okay. Tuck in, everybody. Where's my potato chips? Oh, we're not having chips tonight, Munchkin. Sorry. I want my chips. Lita. Lizzie. Pete and I worked really hard on this dinner, and there's lots of yummy food for you to eat. No! Hey! Lena, vete a tu cuarto! Oye, ¿por qué ves esto de ahora? Lizzie, Lizzie, yeah. please, Lizzie, hey. no, okay? Oh, I've got this. Why are you yelling at me? I'm just trying to help you. I'm not yelling. I'm sorry. I am. Just then I was, but it's, look. Lita, don't do what Lizzie just said. What, what did you say? Cuatro, go to your bedroom. No, go cuatro to the bedroom, means go to bathroom, quart, like quart of milk, right? She said, okay. you, you're not going to have yeah. potato chips, but you will drink that milk. In, in any case, we have this. It's fine. Okay. Fine. Okay. Let's try some of this meatloaf, okay? No! Hey. I'm not having chips! Yeah, I don't think she's getting on board with the plan, no. honey. I don't want this! Hey. You sure you don't want to just give her some chips? No, we're not giving her chips. We're just going to eat... Lita, say... Oh, my God. 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 Oh
No, no, it's okay. Don't cry. Relax. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Watch your feet, okay? Hey, you, you give those to me. Give me. Calm down. Don't cry. I'll get it. Just stay there, Warren. These are really, really good potatoes. What's that noise? Why is she growling? That wasn't in the classes. I got nothing for that. She's got a knife. It's just a sponge pot. It's still a knife. Just put the knife down, honey. Look here, just put down the weapon, okay? <laughs> that scene makes me laugh. It encourages me at the same time. Come on, somebody. It gives me... Because we all face setbacks. We all face, as Christians, as followers of Christ, when we step out in faith, when we do something, we will face setbacks. But honestly, it encourages me so often that when we face opposition in the spirit, when we face that, I, I set my mind on the idea that what I can see is not all that's happening. When we experience spiritual opposition in our lives, oftentimes we tend to fixate just on the physical. And we forget that there's a spiritual battle going on. In other words, we are not just living in a physical world. There's a spiritual component as well. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, he writes that for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, that we would love for it to be. Because we feel confidence in that. I can defeat flesh and blood. I can attack. I can do. But oftentimes the fight is not flesh and blood. It's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It's not just physical. It's spiritual. That's why we experience opposition. And the next scene starts out with another setback. Another complication, another thing that wants to discourage them, but it ends with a moment of hope. It's why you don't simply give up. It's why you don't give in. In Galatians, it promises us if we don't give in, we'll see a harvest, we'll reap a harvest. And so when we step out to make a difference, to spread the gospel, to love someone else, to make a difference outside of ourselves, and we experience those setbacks, the Bible says, don't give up. Don't give in. So number one, you'll be prompted by the Spirit. You'll take a step of faith. You'll have certain setbacks, but then number four, you'll start to see glimmers of hope. You're not, you're not going anywhere. Stop right there. I mean it. Don't open that door. Hey, do not get in that car. You hear me? Don't shut that door. I mean it. Good. Now, can we just go inside so we can talk about this? Look, drop it right now. Please. What happened? He's got a nail in his foot. All right. I didn't want to take it out. That's right. He's very smart. Put him right on this gurney. Hey, buddy. Sorry, buddy. I need you to stay. Are you the mother? Yes. Oh, I'm his foster mom. Okay. Right this way, Dad. Hey, buddy. What's your name? All right, Mom. We're going to clean this off. Give you a little anesthetic and take this nail. No. Uh-huh. Hold my hands. It's going to be a little pinch, okay? Look at me. Hold my hand. Hold my hand. Hold my hand. A little bit it's almost over. All right. It's almost over. See it. It's done. It's done. It's done. I think we should take Lita to the lobby. Yeah, you want to go with her or you want to stay here with Juan? Take her. 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 
So he doesn't have to wear a cast or anything. It's just stitches. Yeah. Well, that's good news. Yeah. And um, how did this happen? It was my fault. I walked away and I left the gun there. Juan just picked it up. No, it wasn't their fault. It was mine. I was trying to leave in a car and I wasn't supposed to. And then and then they got distracted and then and I yelled at Juan and he dropped the thing on his foot. And Sweetie, don't be ridiculous. I should have never left the nail gun. Hey, there. shut up. This is the kind of stuff they move kids for, okay? Look, it wasn't their fault. They didn't do anything. It's, Sweetie, it's my fault. I should be the one okay. that was getting in trouble it's right okay. now. It's okay. Why don't you, uh, why don't you come out over here? Excuse me. And, uh, let's talk about what happened. God will give us small glimmers of hope. I don't know if you've ever stepped out to do something or been in the middle of something where everything was against you, everything you thought was wrong, everything was going wrong, and you had a small glimmer of hope. Because honestly, we need it. It's the lifeline in the middle of that, where God starts to show you what could be. So let's review, make sure we're still on the same page. God wants to do something more through you. God has created us to make an impact in the lives of others. It may be you're prompted to foster a child. It may be you're called to reach out to somebody in need. It may be you're called to give more than you have to somebody who has less than you do. Whatever it is, it may be called to make a difference. You may be good at repairing things and God will lead you to somebody who has a need. Whatever it is, you're going to want to watch for it. Number one, prompted by the Spirit. Number two, we take a step of faith. Three, you get setbacks, but there are glimmers of hope that come. Number five, I hate to say it to you. It's not great news, but you'll often experience even greater setbacks. So now she wants to come back. So now she wants to come back and be mommy again. And it looks like she's got a real shot. Right? I mean, Lizzie, she's treating us like we're the enemy. So I just thought, I mean, your daughter, she turned out so great. I mean, is she up there studying or, hey, Brenda, are you going to come down? And I thought maybe we could speak with her and she could, I don't know, get us pumped up again like she did before. I mean, is that, is that a possibility? Yeah, that'd be great, actually. She was amazing. We could yeah. use the pep talk right now. Um, Brenda is um, back in rehab. Excuse me, what? And we caught her using a couple months ago. Her inspirational, heartwarming speech is the reason that we signed up in the first place. Now you're telling me that she's back on the... Ow! You listen to me, crazy woman. Oh. Brenda has struggled with substance abuse ever since her mother's boyfriend started her on meth when she was 11. Sometimes she stumbles, but she is a good kid and she's in there doing the work, getting herself clean. So you don't know what's going to happen. And this has you feeling what? Frustrated? Scared? Lost? Is that it? 
Yeah, I mean, yes, I'm a, I'm a little afraid to say anything, but yes, that's basically how we feel. That's how your children feel every day of their lives. When you took this on, you felt good about yourself because you knew that it mattered, right? Well, guess what? Things that matter are hard. No, I know what Brenda gets her inspiring speech thing. Listen, guys, right now, you're all they've got. So your job is to keep them safe, whether they want you to or not. Wow. He's got it, too. Things that make a difference are hard. Don't give up. In fact, in the movie, Lizzie wanted Lita's birth mom is hopeful she's finally kicked her addiction and that she can take care of her children. And this creates painfully complicated emotions for Pete and Ellie, as you can imagine. So they have to decide what they're going to do next. What do you do when you're trying to love someone to wholeness? You're trying to help somebody overcome an addiction or find recovery in Christ. What do you do when it gets hard? Because you'll likely face very real setbacks. I know we can laugh with the movie, but oftentimes real life complications like this, there are setbacks that come that will break you. What do you do in those moments when you're trying to love somebody to wholeness? When there's a deep personal pain when you make the decision, let me just encourage you, keep loving even when it hurts. Even when you find what it is to do is difficult, even when you would rather quit. Why? Because as followers of Christ, we are called to a shocking, other-centered, countercultural type of love. Across the line, love a person no matter what type of love. That's what we're called to. When it feels like it and when it doesn't. We're called to love others as God has loved us. In fact, this movie is all about caring for children and fostering and adopting. You know, in the first century, unwanted children were cast out. Or left to die, or left exposed to the elements, or left out to beg, or worse. They were counted as nothing to society. If they weren't wanted, then they had no value. And the Roman government had no idea what to do. The empire had no idea what to do with Christians who would rush in to save the most marginalized in society. Had no idea how to understand it, but those Christians, followers of Christ, who saw the love that Jesus modeled and the love that Jesus showed, Understood that it meant to love the marginalized, to love the widow and the orphan, to love the immigrant, to love those who had been pushed aside by society, the drug addicted, those who couldn't overcome their own, their own demons. They were loved by the church, taken in by the Christians. They found an unexpected family of love in the body of Christ. That's what we're called to do as a church. And so in this movie, even though they were hurting personally, Pete and Ellie make the decision to send Lizzie Wan and Lita back to their birth mom. So what do we do? In our situations, in our, when we're called to make a difference, you'll be prompted by the Spirit. You'll take a step of faith. You'll have setbacks, but glimmers of hope, but then more setbacks. Oftentimes, so many times, more painful setbacks. That's when number six, we make a choice. And here's what you'll do. If you want to make a difference, we will love selflessly. We will do what is right, and we'll trust God with the results. I'll say it again. We will love selflessly. It's what we're called as followers of Christ. We will do what is right and we'll trust God with the results. It don't matter to the sun If you're
do something. Some kind of prompting. In fact, I'd like to talk to you for a moment just about fostering. Because followers of Christ, we believe it is of our utmost importance to care for the widow and the orphan. The marginalized, the abused, the cast out. To love people. In fact, I'm certain some of you have already considered making a radical choice. Some of you have already considered reaching out. That will come at great personal cost to you. That will come with great chaos and pain and choices and hard decisions. But something both deeply fulfilling and possibly profound and personally painful. You've already considered that. You may choose to explore the possibility of fostering or adopting. I also want to acknowledge that this is not the right choice for many of you. But God is calling you to make a difference. Just because one choice is not the right one is no excuse to sit on the sideline. God has called us to reach out into love. And fostering is just one way that we can reach out and express God's love, not only to the children, but to their biological families as well. In fact, we can all commit to making a difference in the lives of these families in need. A child who needs love and support and stability. It may be fostering a child. It may be supporting a family who is already doing so. It may be joining and supporting a ministry that's already making a difference. And I hope you hear me this morning. More importantly, I hope you hear the heart of God. You were made for more. You were made to make a difference in the lives of those around you. So here's what will happen. You'll be prompted by the Spirit. You'll take a step of faith. You'll experience setbacks, glimmers of hope, more setbacks. But eventually, this is what you will do. You will love selflessly as Christ has loved us. Love selflessly as Christ has loved us. We will do what is right because that is who we are as followers of Jesus. And we will trust God with whatever happens. Hey. Hey. I've got a car seat for Lita if you don't have one. You guys picking us up? Where's mom? She was supposed to meet us at the office this morning and she didn't show. Oh, no. She didn't answer her phone. What, did you go to her house? Did she, what, did something happen to her? Yes, we went to see her. She was very ashamed. She said she can't do it. No, she didn't. No, because why, why would she... Um. Why would she fill out all the forms and then the court stuff and the reunification stuff? She didn't. Lizzie, your mom said you filled out all those forms. Well, I helped, but so what? She felt she was being pushed into something that she wasn't ready for. No, I, I didn't push her. She's ready. Just, just, just let me talk to her, please. And then, and then we can figure something out and. Honey. She can take me home. Honey, when we saw her, it was obvious she's using again. She's not coming, baby. Sweetie, we're so sorry. Lizzie. Lizzie. We'll go get her. Watch the kids. Just wait there, okay? Lizzie! Lizzie! Please just go away. You're not my parents. No, we're not. But you know what we are? We're here. That's right. We're here. And we love you. <laughs> what? No, you don't. You don't even know me. Lizzie, honey, we do know you. We, we know that you hate cheese, but you 
really love cheeseburgers. And we know that when you feel good in the morning, you put on a little less makeup than you do on the bad days. Exactly. Yeah. And look, we know that the most important thing in the world to you is to protect Juanita from the things nobody protected you yes. from. We know that about you, right? Yes, honey. Look, we know that there's so much that we don't know, but but if you're afraid that we can't handle knowing the bad stuff or the scary stuff, that we can, I promise. Yeah, bring it. I mean, whatever you got, we want it because we love you, Lizzie. Stop saying that. Please just go away, please. Please. Is Lizzie okay? She's a little upset right now, buddy. Okay. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Here she is. So, um, here's what I think is best. I know Juan and Leah are more like what you had in mind when you got into this. So I think the best thing is for you to adopt them. And, and I'll just ask Karen for um, a different placement. So, no. no, it'll be good, it'll no, be good. Honey. We need your help with Juan and Lita. We're not doing this without you. I, I'll visit all the time and, and you can call me if you need help or anything. No. Pete, I really don't want to argue about this right now. Yeah, I don't care. I said no, that's not happening, okay? You're with us now. Yeah. And you know why? We've got a cosmic connection. That's right, we've got a cosmic connection. I know you feel really sorry for me right now, but you really don't It's have got to. nothing to do with what just happened. Where's the court statement Ellie gave you? Uh, see this? Read that. Lizzie once asked me why we did this. Why we took them in. We couldn't give her an answer at the time. We did it because something was missing in our lives that we didn't know what it was. It was Juan, Lita, and Lizzie. You see? You were what was missing, Lizzie. But now you're here and you are stuck with us. That's right. All right, we're going to be at every soccer game. Mm -hmm. We're going to buy you your first prom dress. Yeah. Right, and when you graduate high school, we're going to be in the front row embarrassing you. Yes. And then we're going to be in the front row again when you graduate college, too, or even if you don't. But you will be graduating college because it's so important and you're so smart. And I don't mean to push, but it just opens up so many more opportunities. But either way, we're going to be there for you. Yeah, and someday, I'm going to give you away at your wedding. Right. That's right. Someday in the future. Someday in the way, way, way off, deep, 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 distant future. Lizzie, can we go home now? Yeah, I guess we can. <laughs> I know you don't like this, but you're going to have to get used to it once in a while, okay? <laughs> okay. 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 Anybody else? Yeah, you too. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that's everybody. Say family!
know, church, as we kick off this series of loving others, of reaching others, of rescuing others, getting outside of ourselves, loving like Christ has called us to love, what is God prompting in your heart? What is God putting to the forefront? What breaks your heart? What is God prompting you to do? Because we're the church and we are created to do more. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray today? Father, I just ask that we would be open to the prompting of your spirit. God, that you would use us to make a difference in the lives of others. God, thank you so much for people who want to show the love of Christ. So God, prompt us by your spirit to do something for the kingdom. Prompt us to reach out even when it hurts, even when it's painful. Prompt us to love even when we want to quit. Encourage us, Lord. Strengthen us. Pick us up. God, show us how you have created us to make a difference. Prompt us by your spirit. Give us the faith to act, the strength to stand even in setbacks. Show us the hope of what it could be, God, and then let us make a difference for your kingdom. Before we end today, there are some of you who are here, and honestly, the reason you're here is you need to experience God's love first. And you can feel it in your own life. You say, well, I'm, I don't actually know. If we were to sit down, just a casual conversation, the two of us, and I asked you where you were spiritually, where you stood with God, you would say, I don't know. I don't, I don't really understand. I don't know where I might go after my life on earth is done. I don't understand how God feels about me. And so the reason, honestly, I believe that you're here or watching online, the reason more than anything else is that you need to know that God loves you. You need to know that he loved you so much. What did God do? He sent his only son, Jesus, who was perfect in every single way. And who did Jesus love? He loved the broken. He loved the sinner. He loved the sick. He loved the needy. He reached out to the marginalized. He loved sinners like you and like me. And the Bible says that he came to the world not to condemn the world, but that through him we might be saved. And I want you to know I don't care what your background is. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how far you think you've run from God. Every single one of us have broken his law. Every single one of us is in need of forgiveness. Every single one of us stands accused. But the Bible says Jesus died on a cross, shed his blood to cover over our sins. But he didn't stay dead. It says three days later, he rose from the dead so that anyone, including you, anyone, including me, anyone could call on the name of Jesus and be saved. It's your opportunity. It's your opportunity. There's no other strings attached. I'm not asking you to join a religion or a church. I'm not going to take you to some back room. This isn't about that. This is about you accepting what Jesus did on a cross. That you can be forgiven. So every head bowed right now, if you want to make that decision, we as a church, we've dedicated ourselves. We will pray with every single person. Every single person who wants to be forgiven. Every single person who wants to be made new. Every person who wants to be wiped clean. And so right now, if that's what you would like to do, if you want to make that decision, we're going to pray this prayer with you. Come on, church, say these words. Say, Jesus, forgive me. I repent of all of my sins, of all of my mistakes. I believe you died on a cross. I believe you rose again. And I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name.
And all God's church said, amen and amen. Come on, church. Can we make it for what God has done today?